This is Boston Scott, and you're listening to the Birds Banter Podcast. I'm living in that 21st century, doing something mean to it. Do it better than anybody you ever seen do it. Screams from the haters, got a nice ring to it. I guess every superhero need his theme music. No one man should have all that power. The clock's ticking, I just count the hours. Stop tripping, I'm tripping off the power. What is going on, Eagles Nation? Welcome to the latest episode of the Birds Banter Podcast. This podcast is presented to you by PHLSportsNation.com. Make sure you check us out. We are for the fans, by the fans. You know, sports are coming back. All Philly sports. Um, Eagles got a couple months to go, but Union, they're back. Um, Flyers, Sixers, Phillies, everything's coming back quickly. So make sure you check us out at PHLSportsNation.com um, and also on Twitter, PHLSportsNation. We cover all the sports. Today, I have Sean McMenamin on, on with me. He is uh, you know, a Temple student. He's been involved with PHL Sports Nation for a long time now, but he's studying sports journalism, um, really getting involved in that field. He's got his own podcast, the Philly Philly Sports Podcast, he's doing a lot of other awesome work. Sean, how are you doing? And tell us a little bit about your podcast and everything. I'm doing well, Matt. Thanks for joining me. So yeah, the Philly Philly Sports Podcast, my friend Owen Boyle and I, we record every Friday. Uh, basically cover all Philadelphia sports teams and it's been going really well even during quarantine we're trying to keep the content up so I'm really excited to join your podcast today excited to talk about the Eagles yeah definitely Um, so you guys if you have not heard about that make sure you check it out like Sean said all Philly sports teams um, they're not just Eagles or just Phillies they're talking about all of them every week so I definitely recommend it but today Sean and I are going to talk about um, positional battles for this offseason. I know it's short and the Eagles aren't, aren't even in training camp right now. So it's going to be tricky to try to figure out who's going to make the team, who's not going to. Uh, but before we get into that, there's been some news since I last recorded. Um, two weeks ago, I, I put a podcast out there. And since then, Jason Peters has returned to the Eagles. Um, some can say as expected. Um, I thought it was a little bit of a surprise. But after Brandon Brooks went down with his injury, the Eagles signed him as a guard, um, so he's going to make the switch from left tackle to right guard. Sean, what do you think about this move? Yeah, I really like this signing. I think once it was announced that Brooks was out for the season, I think this was our best bet. You know, he's an experienced player, future Hall of Famer. I, I think you can't really go wrong with this signing. He'll fit mm-hmm. in just well. He knows the system. He knows uh, Doug Peterson's you know, tactics and whatnot, so I, I think it's a, it's a great signing, and he'll fit in just perfect, and I think we'll leave uh, – uh, right where we left off last season. Yeah, I mean, it's safe, too. I mean, you know what you're going to do, Jason Peters. I know he has to switch positions, but I, I'm going to imagine he's going to play better than Matt Pryor would. So there's a clear upgrade, um, but also having Jason Peters in the locker room, you it's a win-win. You have Andre Dillard finally able to start every single week, uh, but if he struggles, you still got JP to have his back, step in and play left tackle if he needs to. So I really like the move as well. Um, also. Another thing that's happened, um, not really like too serious, but the Madden ratings have come out. Um, Sean, were there any surprises that you have saw from uh, this Madden rating for the 2020 game? Yeah, so I think quarterback Carson Wentz, first of all, should have been a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. I think he could have at least been 86 right up there with Deshaun Watson. I think he was low in the quarterback rating. And then if you look at tight end Zach Ertz, he's a 90. Yeah, that's a pretty good rating, but – the next best player is Gronkowski, and he didn't even play last year. He's a 95, so that gap is way too big for my 
opinion. And then uh, the other player you could look at, cornerback Darius Slay. I think he could be at least an 89 or 90. I think he's only 86, 87. 87, yeah. Yeah, so I think it's got to be higher, man. Uh, Those are the ones that stuck out to me, but I don't know. A little disappointing in terms of the batting ratings for sure. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Ertz was the one that stood out to me just because um, I defend Ertz a lot because he doesn't get the recognition that he deserves. Um, He's been breaking records, being consistent for the Eagles, but nobody really sees him as a top tight end. I agree. I think George Kittle is the best in the league right now, but Ertz is still up there in the conversation and Gronkowski just coming out of nowhere and um, like, you know, losing all that weight over the past season when he didn't play. And then all of a sudden, just because he's got Tom Brady back, he's all of a sudden the third best tight end in the league is a little ridiculous to me. So, uh, but yeah, Darius Slay, I think, was definitely very underrated as well. Um, another thing that's happened with Eagles is all rookies have signed. Um, before yesterday or two days ago, the Eagles have signed Prince Tega Wanego and um, Quez Watkins. But since then, all of the other rookies have signed. They all signed in one day. They all went to Philly, passed their um, medical exams. John, are you excited about this class? Who's your favorite player? Yeah, I'm really excited, man. I think... My favorite player, although we got him pretty later, it has to be Sean Bradley, linebacker, you know, Temple guy. We're huge fans of him. So I think he's going to stand out pretty well. We'll see if he has a big role with this team. Might be smaller in the beginning. He's my top guy. But I'm also really excited to see Jalen Rieger, you know, the receiver we took in the first round. So he's he's an explosive player, extremely fast. And I'm really glad that we signed all these guys, all these rookies, give them a chance to uh, prove their worth with the Philadelphia Eagles this next season. Awesome. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. So we're going to get into the main topic today. We're going to talk about the quarterbacks, the wide receivers, the linebackers, and the cornerbacks. So two on each side of the ball. Um, First off with quarterbacks is not the battle for QB1. You know, Wentz has that down. Nobody's competing with him. But quarterback two, is it going to be Jalen Hurts or Nate Sudfeld? Eagles did spend a second round pick on Jalen Hurts. They love both of these guys. Sudfeld has been with the team for some time now. Um, he's been coming back on one-year deals. They want to make sure he stays around, but then they invested a lot of draft capital in Jalen Hurts, made sure that they got him in the draft. Um, you know, they're, they're going to be used, um, in different ways. I would say, Sean, what, what's your overall impression on this battle? Yeah. So if I had to pick like a true number two guy, it might have to be Nate Sudfeld. Although personally, I would want to see Hurts, but I mean, if you if you spend a second round pick for Jalen Hurts, I feel like he sh- he could be he should be the backup. We'll see. Wait to see what happens. But I mean, he was very talented in college. Threw for three thousand eight hundred fifty one yards, completion percentage of sixty nine point seven in his senior year at Oklahoma. Uh, he rushed for three thousand two hundred seventy four yards and forty three touchdowns in his college years. He's a proven winner uh, at Alabama, and he had lots of success in his senior year at Oklahoma. Uh, Eagles did sign four-year, $6.02 million deal. So he's talented in that end. Uh, Nate Sudfeld, you know, we didn't really see anything from last season. Only played three games in his time with the Eagles. Uh, in, the 127, in those games, he went 20, 20 for 25, 156 yards, 80% completion percentage, one touchdown. Uh, unfortunate wrist injury last year, like I mentioned. So he was the third string sat behind Josh McCown. I think he needs another chance to prove his worth this offseason or preseason. We'll see if that happens. But uh, it's, it's going to be tough to see what happens. But I, th- I think we're in a good position for our backups right now. Right, yeah. Um, Jalen Hurts, going to him, 
it it's super tricky. Um, before the draft, I was on the record saying that the Eagles don't need to target a quarterback at all, not even the fifth, sixth, seventh round, because we saw what happened last year with Clayton Thorson. You even just a fifth round pick. I mean, who knows what that could have turned out to be if you didn't invest into a quarterback when you didn't need to. Um, I really wanted the Eagles to try to develop, you know, Nate Sudfeld, Kyle Lalletta, these younger guys, because Wentz is your number one quarterback. It's not like you have to, um, you know, bring in somebody, a high level prospect to um, back him up, which I understand the logic behind it. But um, my mindset going to the draft was they don't need a quarterback. So I didn't look at any really at all. I, I knew who Jalen Hurts was. I knew who the top quarterbacks were but I wasn't watching film on these late round guys because I didn't think it was going to happen. I didn't see the reasoning behind it. So once the Eagles draft hurts, I watched more film of him and um, you know, he's an exciting player. He's very explosive, very dynamic, definitely a dual threat quarterback, but he's just not ready in the NFL yet. Um, When you watch him at Oklahoma, especially it's so scripted. Um, I would recommend people not just watch the highlights, watch a film um, study where you just, watch every single offensive play he's holding the ball most of the time for less than two seconds he's looking for cd lamb right away and if it's not there he's running straight up the middle uh, he's not really surveying the field much at all so that's really concerning because nfl defenses are much different once you start playing the ravens uh, the 49ers who the eagles have to play this year um, talented defensive lines like the vikings i don't believe the eagles have them this year but who knows if he has to face them in the future a bunch of stuff is going to get thrown at him that he's never seen before. And he's not going to be able to do these quick reads. And if it's not there, just scramble, Um, you know, defenses in the NFL are faster, stronger, smarter. Um, He's not going to have that same success. So he has a long ways to go, a very uphill battle before he even steps in to play a game. So right now I see him as just, you know, what everybody sees him as like an extra weapon on the field with Carson Wentz at the same time, maybe by himself, but just, um, you know, thrown in here and there. Sean, do you have a general idea of what you think his snaps would look like per game? Say Wentz is healthy all throughout the season, but they want to use Hertz as, um, you know, maybe a passer, maybe just running the ball. Um, you know, what would that look like? Yeah, I think he could reasonably be reasonably get about 10 to 12 snaps per game. You could put him in the wildcat. Maybe we're in the red zone on the goal line or something. Mm-hmm. You could run the ball. I mean, possibilities are limitless I think especially with Doug Peterson at head coach you know they call him the offensive mastermind in a way uh don't get me wrong Jalen Hurts has a great arm so he can really you know bomb it downfield especially with the speedy wide receivers we added this offseason so I really think he can have a chance to um show his explosiveness uh skillfulness if you will and and really uh be a good addition to this team even not as maybe not as a backup, but as just a weapon, like you said, uh, I think I think we're in a good spot in that end. But we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Uh, I'm optimistic at this point, though. Yeah, for sure. And even though there's only sixty or um, sixty snaps per game on offense, normally ten to twelve seems a bit aggressive. But I think you're spot on there because he doesn't have to be used every single play. Throw him in, and you're going to conf- confuse the hell out of a defense. I mean, they're going to call timeouts. They're not going to know what to do you can just put him in a slot wide receiver and everybody's going to be so confused. You don't have to look at him. You don't have to throw at him. Um, so I think just the level of confusion that can be utilized is super underrated. It's not like he has to touch the ball every time he's on the field. Uh, but going back to Nate Sudfeld, you know, like you said, he's proven he's not great. Um, he's serviceable. He stepped in and played a little bit so far here for the Eagles. Um, I would say if nothing goes wrong, Carson Wentz stays healthy all year. 
Hertz is going to see the field more. I think we could both agree on that. Step in, like you said, 10 plays a game, um, see the ball a few times, run it, throw it. But the situation is very similar to Nate Sudfeld and Josh McCown last year. If Carson Wentz gets hurt, who are you going to trust to win the game? Are you going to put in Jalen Hurts, who's, like I said, not really NFL ready? Or are you going to put in Nate Sudfeld? I mean, if you are late in the season, you got to get a big win. All you really need is 200 yards and two touchdowns. You're put on the spot. You're the head coach. Who are you putting in, Hurts or Sudfeld? That's a tough one, man. I, I guess I'll have to go with Nate Sudfeld because mm-hmm. he's been in the league for more than than Hurts, obviously. Uh, like we just said, he has some experience, more more than Hurts. I think that would be enough to do it. Uh, he has a good arm. The coaching staff loves him. We've heard lots of great things from them over the past few years. So I think they would go with him. I guess I would too at this point in um, time. And we, we can see, we'll see what happens. But I, I think he, he could be a good backup option and get the job done, hopefully with the weapons that we have now, much better than what we had last season. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I mean, it doesn't have to be flashy. You don't need to put in Hurts just because he can do a lot more than Sudfeld. You just got to win games. Um, Hurts is going to be a project. I know he's a second-round pick, and having a third-string quarterback as a recent second-round pick is not attractive at all. It looks terrible on the Eagles' part, but I think it's going to pay off for them in the future because they definitely have a plan. Uh, We might not understand it fully so far. I know they've talked about it a lot. But um, they have a plan. We're going to see where it goes. But moving on to wide receivers, who the, he's, these quarterbacks are going to be throwing to a lot. Um, we're going to talk about John Hightower, Quez Watkins, Marquise Goodwin, and Greg Ward. So we have a reduced offseason, no question about it. The Eagles are going to be reporting in about a week to um, you know, start training camp. How much does this shortened offseason help a guy like Marquise Goodwin and Greg Ward, who might be – I mean, Greg Ward is not, in my opinion. He's he's going to make the team. But, um, you know, how much does this help those NFL-experienced guys make the team over a rookie who they might like, but they just don't see much um, out of them so far? Yeah, I think it's huge for them because if you look at uh, the success that they've had in the league the past few years, Marquise Goodwin you know, always been a threat for the 49ers. Yeah, he's battled some injuries, but he's a proven wide receiver. Greg Ward, you take a look at last year, he stepped in big time, especially at the end of the year, what provided to be a weapon for Carson Wentz, getting that game-winning touchdown against the Redskins. I mean, that's just two examples that you can look at right there, that they already have an edge over these rookie wide receivers. Uh, With everything that's going on, like you said, it's going to be really hard to get a good look at them. I think they have a huge edge in that aspect. Uh, I do like the rookie wide receivers that we drafted, but I just think uh, guys like Ward and Marquise Goodwin really have an edge in terms of experience and what they can do on the field, take the top of a defense, if you will, and really provide a huge weapon to Carson Wentz. And I think they're leaps and bounds beyond the rookies at this point uh, in time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I understand you want to trust the rookies, give them some time, but you also have to make the safe bet. If Goodwin and Ward are proven in the league, they're not, you know, elite wide receivers by any means, but they're like, you know, they can contribute in their role. Um, the Eagles have made it clear they want to get younger, they want to get faster. John Hightower, Mark, um, I mean, what's, Quez Watkins fit that mold perfectly. They're both young, they're both fast. So they definitely want to see these guys play. But when I'm looking at the, the chart, there's just not enough room for everyone. First, you got Deshaun Jackson, Jalen Rager. They're locks, no doubt about it. Um, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, I um, actually want to touch on him in a second. But um, those are the top three guys. Greg Ward is thrown in there. 
after that, you already got four receivers. Eagles kept, I believe, six last season. So Marquise Goodwin is probably going to be making the team. Then you, you're going to have to pick between John Hightower and Quez Watkins, most likely, because you're not going to carry seven because chances are Alshon Jeffrey is starting on the PUP list. Once he's ready to go midseason and you're going to activate him, I mean, eight wide receivers on a 53-man roster, that's just a little extreme. You don't need that many. And it's not like they're going to hold one of these rookies and then cut them six weeks in. Um, they're going to have to make a decision. And uh, if it came down to the two right now between Hightower and Watkins, which one do you like more? Yeah, I think I might go with Quez Watkins on this one. I mean, he ran the second fastest 40-yard dash time in this past year's draft. In his three years at Southern Mississippi, he recorded 159 receptions for 2,404 yards and 17 touches, touchdowns. Excuse me. So, I mean, he, he can definitely take the top off the defense. I think he has a slight edge over Hightower at this point. Hightower comes from Boise State. Uh, good college, but uh, it, it is a tough one for sure. But I just think the speed of Watkins – We'll give him the edge at this point. Um, but anything can change from now to when the season starts. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But as of right now, I got to go with Quez Watkins. Yeah, that's a good point there. And I'm kind of with you. I, I like them both a lot. Um, they both have different things going for them. Obviously, they're both fast, but their games are different in other ways. And uh, watching John Hightower, it pains me to say this, but he really reminds me of Matt Collins because, you know, going from his recent you know, college history into the NFL. He's probably just going to be a special teams guy. He He's fast, but he's tall, lanky. If he wants to be, you know, a difference maker in the NFL, he's got to put on a lot of size. So I'm very interested to see once he finally reports and gets working with the team, if he's going to be looking different. Because if the Eagles are smart, they were putting him on a diet plan all offseason so far, trying to get him to bulk up a little bit because he, he just can't play at the size that he is right now. And he's not going to be contributing. He's just going to be inactive every game. So um, that's a huge difference maker. I think his ceiling is a little bit higher if he gets bigger because he's got the height over Watkins. He's not, he's not that much slower um, that he's both, they're both extremely fast. So, I mean, Hightower, if he can get bigger, then he might have the edge there because you know, the speed is there for both of them. Um, going to J.J. Ortega-Whiteside real quick. So he played his whole rookie year injured. Uh, let's put that out there. I think it happened in the Detroit game week three and really just wasn't the same sense. And he was he was no impact at all on the team. I know he got a few receptions here and there every couple of games, but he was not a difference maker at all. The Eagles spent a second-round pick on him. A lot of people didn't want him on the team. They want him traded, cut, whatever. Um, Alshon Jeffrey is probably not going to start week one because just the, the injury that he suffered against the Giants months ago, he's probably not going to be ready by then. So with JJ Ortega Whiteside, you know, are you saying that he's a lock to make the roster? What are you expecting from him this year? Yeah, I think it's fair to say Ortega Whiteside's a lock to make the roster. I really think he has some potential there. Obviously, he didn't show last season, uh, but I really think he got thrown under the into the fire a little bit, if you mm -hmm. will, with all those injuries. He had such an advanced role than what he was expecting in his rookie year. I think with the new coaches, wide receiver coach, I think he'll he'll be set to succeed this year. Uh, we'll see what his role is, but um, I th I think he has a good chance to do well, and we we'll see what happens. But I, I think I think the potential is there, and he really needs chance to prove himself this year but if we don't see much this year then I'll start to consider you know maybe his time in Philadelphia may be over or we can look at our other options our younger wide receivers to fill that role 
But as of right now, I think he he deserves another chance this year with Philadelphia. Yeah, I mean, it's a big offseason for him. He's really got to step up and show that he's going to improve to you know make some strides in year two. Uh, Marquise Goodwin, to finish it off, I think he is criminally underrated right now. He's kind of forgotten about just because everybody – I mean, I got to give the Eagles fan base some credit. We have taken a complete 180 turn on Jalen Rager. When he was drafted, I remember – Twitter was blowing up because people just didn't know too much about him. Everybody was so obsessed with um, Justin Jefferson. They're like, what are we doing? Jefferson was on the board. Um, And then, you know, people started watching him more, learning more about him, and everybody's in love with him now. So it's awesome to see that. But people are in love with Rager. They like these um, rookie wide receivers. Everybody likes Greg Ward because he was one of the players that saved the season last year. Marquise Goodwin's not getting much attention at all. And what people don't realize is before he got hurt last year, Granted, it was only a few weeks into the season. He led the 49ers in every single receiving category. You know, he was the lead receiver on that team. What do you expect from him? Is he going to make the team? And if he does, what's his what's his impact going to be? Yeah, I think he'll definitely make the team. He's a speed guy, can take the top off the defense, like you said. He only played nine games last season. He really has been great in his time with the 49ers, racked up 2,323 yards for 13 touchdowns. That can get better here in Philadelphia with a guy like Carson Wentz. If he can stay healthy, I think he's going to be a huge addition to this team. We've gotten for very cheap, uh, if I remember, in the draft draft day, day three. Uh, So I really think he can at least rack up 1,500 yards this season, hopefully – Double-digit touchdowns, maybe a little less because of all the other receivers that we have. It's going to be hard to distribute the ball and all. But I really think he's a great addition to this team, can take the top of the defense, and he's going to be very big for us in this season. Yeah, I like it. Big expectations. Um, I think he's definitely going to improve a lot with a better quarterback throwing to him um, rather than whoever was throwing to him uh, the past couple years than Jimmy Garoppolo last year. So definitely going to expect a lot out of Marquise Goodwin here. Moving on to linebackers. First off, Sean, is this the weakest position on the team? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, I mean, it, there's really not a lot. I mean, I like T.J. Edwards. I like Nate Gary, but it's it just seems like it's a group of role players. You know, there's not clear-cut starters. Um, but what we do know right now is T.J. Edwards and Nate Gary are going to be the starters. Um, the Eagles like to run two linebacker sets a lot because in the past they would – you know, move um, Malcolm Jenkins down to like a box safety, um, play linebacker a little bit. And they can still do that this year with Jalen Mills, Will Parks, Kayvon Wallace. They all have experience, or Jalen Mills doesn't have experience doing that, but they're all ready to do that kind of role. Um, so they're going to be on the field the most there. Edwards and Gary. Davion Taylor is obviously going to be a lock to make the team because he's a third round pick. Um, you know, there's no way he's, he's not going to make the team. Jatavis Brown was brought in during free agency. Another player that people are just kind of forgetting about. Uh, what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, I think Brown is a good role player, uh, another kind of type of linebacker that we've already had. Four years of NFL experience, played a total of 56 games, last played with the Chargers. Uh, I mean, 14 tackles for loss while forcing three fumbles in his career with the Chargers. I'm more of a special teams player, mm-hmm. but, you know, like like you just said, this is one of the weaker uh, positions on the Eagles. So I think he may have his chance to prove himself um, with the given – uh, lack of depth, I guess, in that part of the field. So I, I do like the addition. We'll see what happens. And maybe, you know, Jim Schwartz can figure out a way to implement him into this defense with a higher advanced role. 
Right. Yeah. Um, when the Eagles signed him, it kind of reminded me of uh, just Kamuka J Hill replacement. Someone that's fast, versatile, can, you know, play special teams very well, but also step in on defense, not as a starter, but, you know, in limited roles and see if they can make some plays. But so after those four guys, um, Brown, I would imagine he's on the roster bubble a little bit, but um, it gets, it gets a little shaky. Eagles are probably going to take around uh, five linebackers, maybe six, so maybe they take all these guys. Um, we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about seven of them. The next two guys I want to talk about are Alex Singleton and Duke Riley. So both of these guys, I think Duke Riley is gonna stand out as one of the, um, you know, near locks to make the roster because he played really well last year. But both these players went from just special teams players, um, contribute on special teams, and then with injuries and everything that happened, they step into a bigger role in defense. Um, do you like Duke Riley? Do you think he's going to be, uh, you know, a near lock to make the team? Yeah, I really like Duke Riley. I think he's an aggressive player. He can get, you know, get to spots fast on the field, uh, take down opposing wide receivers. I think he, it's safe to say he's a lock. Uh, don't know too much about him, but yeah, I think he's, you know, we got him last year in a trade. Uh, I think I think it's a good addition to the linebacking, you know, core, and hopefully he can he can be a player on this team for a few years to come yeah I mean looking back on that trade that was fantastic for the Eagles they traded they just swapped late round picks with the Falcons then added uh Jonathan Cyprian right after that trade Cyprian went on IR with the Falcons I mean not not great that he got hurt but I mean the Eagles got so much more use out of Riley than the Falcons did with Cyprian so um good move by Howie there the last player and you mentioned it before Sean Bradley so you guys actually interviewed him on the Philly Philly Sports Podcast. Um, sounded like a great guy. He brings a lot of energy to the team. Um, he was really good at Temple. Selected in the later rounds, but he's looking to make an impact. Um, on this podcast, we talked to his teammates. They had nothing but good things to say about him. What do you like out of Bradley? Yeah, I think Bradley's a tenacious tackler. He's fierce. He can. He's really a hard hitter, get down the field. He's even fast, too, for his mm-hmm. size. I think that's one of the things that really stands out. Uh, like you said, he's a humble guy, so I don't think that's going to be a problem. I think he's going to be great for the locker room too. Honestly, even as a rookie, uh, in, t- in his time with Temple, he was one of the captains. He had that Temple tough mentality, the single-digit number. So I really like like this draft pick. Um, some of the stats that he had with Temple in his four years racked up 255 total tackles. 167 of those were solo, and he even notched three interceptions and took one back to the house against Maryland. So I, I really like Bradley, and I think he should he should get a higher role with this team, more advanced. Um, I, I really want to see him, you know, succeed and really have a chance to prove his worth, even as a rookie. With with the linebackers that we have, I I think he should be considered as one of the top ones right now. Yeah, and looking at him, he's not necessarily NFL ready to start in as being a starter week one by any means. But when you look at the, the group of linebackers, TJ Edwards is a bit undersized. Nate Gary just isn't too consistent. Uh, Jatavis Brown, we haven't seen him play with the Eagles yet. But Singleton, Duke Riley, they're more special teams guys, just faster. Sean Bradley, when you watch him, he's you know a stereotypical linebacker. Yes, he's faster than most, but... He's got size to him. Um, he has a bit to improve on, but it seems like if he pans out, he could be a linebacker of the future for the Eagles. Um, my question to you is, we talked about the wide receivers. How much is this reduced offseason going to hurt these rookies? Sean Bradley is in a very unfortunate position because if the Eagles had a full offseason, 
rookie camp, everything. I have no doubt that he would surprise a lot of people step into a bigger role and make the team. But right now it's almost like the odds are stacked against him because you have players like Singleton and Duke Raleigh who have been with the Eagles for a limited time, but have made an impact. So if you're Peterson and Roseman, you know, same situation here. Are you going to, you know, try to rely on someone that you've seen for a little bit like Alex Singleton, or are you going to take the gamble on a rookie um, after just seeing them for about a month in training camp? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say, I think you take the gamble at this point. Like we've see, only seen limited snaps for Singleton and kind of a guy like Duke Riley. So I think, I think Bradley, given this weird off season, I think he deserves that, that chance to be on this team, whether it's, you know, very limited role, like you mentioned, it stinks that this has all happened and he hasn't really had a chance to get acclimated into that defensive role, if you will. So I would say, yes, I think he, he can make this team and I would take him over a guy like Singleton or Riley for sure. Yeah. And this goes for all players, not just Bradley, but these late round picks. I mean, you just got to feel for them because they're finally getting their chance to compete. And there's even talks. I'm not sure if this is going to happen or not, but NFL was thrown around the idea of reducing um, roster sizes to 80 or 75 when training camp started. So all of a sudden you have to make 10, 15 cuts, possibly a guy like Sean Bradley, you don't, you've only seen them in college. You just drafted them with late round pick. Those are guys that are going to be expendable quickly. Um, but whereas if you have an off season, you know, people can surprise if this happened in 2017, nobody would know about Corey Clement. Nobody would see his, you know, boom uh, performance in the Super Bowl. So um, hopefully the Eagles can, you know, try to look through that, give him a chance uh, because I think they're going to like what they see. And like we said, he's fast. That's definitely going to help him because the Eagles want to get faster all over the field. So that's a huge advantage for him right there. Moving to cornerback, Slay, Darius Slay was honestly one of the biggest offseason moves that they had. Um, Eagles haven't had a lockdown corner in so long. He's going to be the cornerback one. He's going to shadow the, the number one wide receiver on the opposite team, which is going to be so nice. The Eagles aren't going to be restricted to, you know, this cornerback is going to play on the left side. This cornerback is going to play on the right side. doesn't matter what the offense does. Um, the Eagles defense has been toyed around with a lot because they've been having that approach. Wide receivers just move all over the field, exploit these matchups, and, you know, the secondary is, has not been good for them. But who is going to play opposite them? We have three options right now. Well, sort of just two. Avante Maddox is in line to start here. The only knock on him is he's small. Um, he's about 5'8", five, 5'9", five, which is very, very short for a cornerback. Although he's he plays bigger than he is. He's super tough. Um, comes from Pitt, not a huge school, but he's played good competition there. He can play safety. He can play nickel corner. Very versatile. Sidney Jones is another one. He's going to compete for it. However, he's very underrated. And if those last few games of the season didn't happen, um, the big fourth down stop against the Giants, you know, the um, pass breakup on Michael Gallup against the Cowboys, if those didn't happen, he probably wouldn't be on the team because he just struggled so much. He had so many injuries. Nobody wanted him around anymore. He got benched. Uh, but now it looks like he, he's going to have a chance to be cornerback too. And then another player I want to mention, Rasul Douglas, it doesn't look like he's going to be on the team, but people have to remember last year in training camp, he was the guy that everybody was talking about. He surprised a lot of people. And the next thing you know, he's starting week one. Nobody knew about it. And then game day, he rolls out, 
um, and he's starting. So those three players are going to be competing. Who do you think is going to walk away with the starting job? Yeah, I think it's going to be a really good battle. But if I had to pick one player, I think it has to be Avante Maddox. He's still really young, ton of potential. He played exceptionally well in his time at Philadelphia so far, two seasons. In those years, he had uh, 14 passes deflected, and he even got two interceptions in his rookie year. Uh, he also notched 82 combined tackles and three tackles for loss in his time. I mean, I think the sky's the limit for a player like him. We've seen how he can track the ball. Yes, he's small, but he can really get downfield quick, and he has he has a good ball hawking skills, in my opinion. Uh, one example you can look at that interception against the Rams just a few seasons ago, mm-hmm. I believe he's Monday Night Football. I mean, the way he's able to turn around, grab that interception out of nowhere, really just goes to show how much potential he has and and his skills at that part of the field. Uh, but it's close, I think, between him and Cindy Jones. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But with this weird offseason, you might just have to go with uh, talent over potential. Yeah. So we'll see what happens, man. But but if I had to pick one, I would say Avante Maddox. I think he's really skillful. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with you. But I'm going to you know accept whatever they pick because I love competition, especially at the cornerback position. The past few years, the Eagles have had a bunch of players that have been capable of starting um, not amazing starters, but you know, they've just been thrown into the system and um, had some success. So, you know, Sidney Jones, if he impresses in training camp, which it seems like he does every single season so far, other than the one that he was hurt for um, people hype him up and then he gets on the field and doesn't look like what anybody has heard um, he's been doing. So who knows what we'll see out of Sidney Jones, but yeah, I would agree if Monte Maddox is the guy right now. In the slot position, uh, you got Nikel Roby Coleman and Craven LeBlanc. I mean, they are loaded right there. Um, I would imagine that Roby Coleman's going to be the starter, but if he goes down, Craven LeBlanc has been a solid player for the Eagles for years. Do you think this is, um, you know, I know only one of them, probably one of them will be on the field at a time, but do you think this is the best duo of slot corners in the league? Yeah, I think it's huge. I mean, you look at a guy, Nikel Roby Coleman, Nikel. Uh, really, really talented, had some great years with the Rams. And then look at Craven LeBlanc, a huge addition to the team a few years ago. Uh, I really like his tenacity. He can get downfield. One of the big plays that stood out to me uh, in the playoffs against the Saints, literally mm-hmm. the first play of the game, that huge interception. I mean, he's just like a fan fav- favorite too, I think. Like, love his tenacity. The way he plays the game is just awesome. Uh, I really think we're we're lucky in that part of the that part of the field and slot and yeah I think possibilities are endless with those two guys right there and hopefully we can see a much better defense in comparison to the last few years and like a really solidified secondary right now yeah absolutely um you know Roby Coleman the Eagles have said that that was one of their favorite um, additions this offseason and they think he's a top five slot corner in the league uh, that's what he's known for so I'm hoping that he's going to really step up and bolster this defense quite a bit because there's some good slot corners or slot uh, receivers out there. I mean, CD lamb is probably going to play in the slot for the Cowboys. So if the Eagles want to slow down their off offense. I'm not too worried about Dak Prescott, but the wide receivers are insanely talented. Um, so it's going to be important to have someone good op, uh, across from CD lamb um, to finish things off. we got three more players I want to talk about. So right now we talked about uh, six cornerback so far Russell Douglas might not be with the team 
because I mean, they restructured his contract. I'm not sure how many times that happens to a rookie, but he was making next to nothing. And then all of a sudden they reduced it even more. So that's unheard of. Doesn't really look good for his chances of making the team. Um, so if he doesn't, I mean, the Eagles need six cornerbacks at least. Um, they're probably going to take around six. Do you, do you like, you know, Trevor Williams, you like Prince Smith, any of the guys that are on the team right now, do you think they're going to make an outside move or do you like Rasul Douglas? Um, what do you think they're going to do at the sixth position? Yeah, I think Rasul Douglas still might have a slight edge over those other guys you just mentioned. Uh, proven, he's a really hard tackler, you know, uh, still has a long way to go. Mm-hmm. To keep his contract, but I mean, I think some potential is there enough over the other guys at this point to keep his spot on the team, if you will, or if he's on the bubble as one of the guys. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But if I had to pick one guy, I think Rasul is the final one in my opinion. Yeah. And he's been working hard this offseason. If you've seen the videos of him with um, – what's that guy's name? The footwork doctor, something like that. I mean, he works with um, all the elite athletes. And Rasul Douglas has been looking good in those workouts. So I hope that's helping him a lot. Uh, it's good to see he's doing uh, what he can to try to improve his game. But uh, last player we want to talk about. So we mentioned Avante Maddox could also play safety. Um, if Rodney McLeod ever went down, the Eagles don't really have a free safety on the roster. I mean, they do have multiple safeties on the roster, but the guys that are going to make the team and Jalen Mills, uh, Will Parks, and Kayvon Wallace, they're not rangy. They're, they're, closer, they're better closer to the line of scrimmage like Malcolm Jenkins was. So if they lose their free safety, their single high guy and McLeod, Avante Maddox probably has a slide over, but the same could probably be said about Jalen Mills. If let's say he struggles or cornerback struggle, whatever the um, issue is or might be, do you think Mills is ever going to slide over to cornerback this year? And I'm not talking about a few plays here or there just for a matchup. Do you think he's ever going to be um, a solution for them to plug in for a couple of games? Uh, my opinion, I don't think that's the case. I think we're set really at cornerback right now with all the guys we got. We finally got our number one corner in mm-hmm. Darius. Clay. All the other guys we just mentioned. I mean, I think safety is a position where Mills can succeed. He played that uh, in college at LSU. Uh, I mean, he's a talented player, but he's. I think he also has a mm, little ways to go to to reach his potential, if you will. Um, and yeah, he's a talented player, but I think safety is the position where he should stay and be at. For a few years to come, however long he's with the Eagles, I really like his tenacity, the way he attacks the game. Uh, I think he's a great um, locker room guy, too. I think he really hypes up the guys. He's, he's a good, good person to be around on the field and you know, probably is a big leader to get some big stops at the end of the games. So I would say keep him at safety for now, 100%. All right, I like it. Um, so we talked about keeping around four safeties six cornerbacks so there's 10 defensive backs on the team but having someone like Avante Maddox and Jalen Mills on the team who can you know move around a little bit that makes the group look like 11 maybe 12 because if you have to move some pieces around um, they're versatile they can be pieced around it's not like they have to just keep the safeties at safety position and keep the corners at corner so it's a good problem to have I think the defensive back uh, you know position as a whole is going to be a lot better than what we've seen in the past but you know, these are the, the biggest positional batters, battles for the Eagles this year. Quarterback, wide receiver, linebacker, and cornerback. Um, there's some starting um, position, starting roles that are going to be competed for. There's some backup roles, but it's going to be interesting. The Eagles are going to have to come to fight this offseason 
it's shortened. Uh, we don't know what's, what everything's going to look like, if they're going to be in pads the whole time, ease into it. It's still a mystery. We'll see what happens. But I'd like to thank you guys for listening. Sean, thank you so much for coming on. Um, you know, it was great to hear from you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Matt. It was an honor to be on your show and good, great talking to our Eagles. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Make sure you guys check out his podcast, the Philly Philly Sports Podcast. And also, again, make sure you check out phlsportsnation.com. Like I said, Sean is working over there with Union Nation. They've been doing well, right? Um, you know, they're, they're returning and you've been doing some good videos and coverage on them. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, Union are in the knockout round. So big game, big game on Saturday night. All right. Looking forward to it. All right. Thanks, guys, uh, for watching. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite platform and also follow us on social media, Birds Banter on Twitter and Birds Banter PHL on Instagram. We will see you next week and go Birds. Go Birds.